Welcome to Callback Podcast number 13, Lucky 13. On this podcast, we interviewed Chris Cottam. Chris is uh, an old friend of mine. He's uh, We've worked many times together on television shows, uh, a lot of them in the UK uh, for the BBC. He is from the UK. This is our first international guest. He's from London. He's a director. Uh, he's done music videos. He's done tons of commercials. He's done a feature film. And he's currently working on a, a really cool television show called Set List with Paul Provenza. And um, he was in town. We had a chance to sit down and catch up and talk to him and just had a lot of fun. So uh, I know you'll enjoy it. If you want to reach out, don't forget, as always, tell your friends, uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, the Callback Podcast has a Facebook page. Please like us. Also, uh, go to iTunes and subscribe. It's free, folks. It's free, and it really does help us with uh, moving this project along. And uh, if you want to reach out to us uh, by email, uh, you can email callbackpodcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, send us some tweets. We're on Twitter. We're at Callback Podcast. Uh, shout out goes out to, as always, Eric Streeper. Thank you so much, Eric, for the work you're doing on the website. Uh, we always, uh, we always um, appreciate that. And with that out of the way, let's move on. Lucky number 13, Callback Podcast number 13 with Chris Cottom. Rolling. Hey, is, uh, is it the name of your script? Yeah, it is. Your Rolling is the name of uh, a pilot script that I've written. Thanks for asking. Hey, tell oh, us about yeah. it, John. Well, well, okay. Well, I'll tell you about it a little bit. It's um, it's a script I wrote that uh, I wrote. It's uh, it's, it's, there's words on the page, and there's a protagonist and antagonist. Wait to wait to sell your script. Yeah, it's a. It takes. It's about. It's a little bit of everything. It's and nothing. Um, no, hey, it's, it's a, a really good sell. Yeah, thank you. Hey, how can I get on board? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, our guest this week is Chris Cottom. Chris, welcome. Hello. Hi, Chris. Hey. Welcome to the States. Thank you very much. Chris is our first international guest. Uh-huh. It's, so, it's such a pleasure to be here in the penthouse of the Chateau Marmont <laughs> with you guys. It's just in the middle of Hollywood. I just, it was just too easy for me to, uh, to not turn down. Yeah, well, it was uh, it, you know, all, only the best for you, Chris. Thanks very uh, much. We actually had, uh, we were on, the, we were on the, a smaller, a, a lower floor, but we knew you were coming, so we, we upgraded to the penthouse. Yeah, I took the whole second floor because it's me, and obviously I've got like an entourage of about 15 people, so they're currently cleaning my room and oh, bed that's sheets. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you would think you would leave that up to the maid service <laughs> to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just actually, You have your pussy. own people that come in and take <laughs> yeah, care yeah. of that for you. That's yeah. awesome. It's an entourage of maids. Uh, how are we doing on the How are we doing on the AC noise? Are we good with that? It's really hot here where we're where we're recording, so we got the AC running. I think we're going to be just fine. Okay, it's this good. kind of note. If you can hear it, it's ooh. ooh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So Chris, it's where. So I, I was transitioning into this because we were talking about the script as a joke, but Chris is actually on board. Uh, one of my partners in the uh, production of this uh, pilot that I've written, and we're trying to. We're out here trying to sell it, and uh, hopefully this podcast will someday turn into a chronicle of our adventures in television, ma- television uh, making. Television. Creation. The creation of cinema tin. <laughs> exactly, or at least a chronicle of Riddick. Or it could be the Chronicle of Riddick. Uh, <laughs> the Chronicles of Riddick. Boom, boom. The du- Wait, well, that's the politics of dancing. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm always, I always picture the Chronicles of Riddick in my head with that song. Um, uh, the politics of Danzig. <laughs> um, 
I'm just move on. John. I'm entertaining myself right now. Hey, your listener's going to love this. Oh, this is going to be great. So if you're still listening, um, Chris <laughs> Cottom is our guest. Chris Cottom is back. a uh, a director and uh, uh, and uh, a writer and um, filmmaker. He's done movies. He's done television. He's done commercials. He's done lots of music videos. He's working on. I know him from working on a few television shows for the BBC, and he's out here working on a television show that sounds really exciting to uh, to me. And uh, it's about stand-up comedy. It's called. It's Paul Provenza's set list. Um, now I know Paul from years ago. We worked together doing stand-up, but also I followed his career. He's uh, he's created this show with. There was another person who. who well, it's, it's actually the the the. The comedy child of Troy Conrad and uh, Paul Provenza came in to uh, help put that show uh, on the stage, as it were. They do the show all around the world, and this is the first time it's been filmed properly for broadcast. Now, now Troy Conrad is a, is he an American comedian? Yeah, yeah, he's a stand up. Yeah. Okay, and then um, basically it's set list, and, and the idea is that comics have no idea what they're going to be talking about. And yep. they just go up and just. they. I, there's, it's. Um, Superposed on a wall, correct? With yeah, there's a monitor behind them, yeah. So and unlike, I think it's probably worth explaining that when comics go on stage, is that what people don't realise is that the ones that sound like they're improvising have actually got written scripts. There's some people that don't think, people like Eddie Izzard, for example. Right. My dad always used to think they used to think of that stuff on the spot. And I think the difference with that and set lists is that all <laughs> comics go up writing, right? They never go up not knowing what they're going to say. They sometimes exactly. interact with the audience, but this is, they're, they're not usually, allowed yeah. to use their, their own material. So you have words projected behind you, and you've got to sort of riff on those words to create your own set list. It's pretty hair-raising stuff when you oh, watch yeah, yeah. it. Now, do you, find, do, you, do you find some guys trying cheating, like they throw in some of their own jokes here and there? Uh, I mean... <laughs> some stuff sounds a little too prepared. You know, like. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think that the, the key to it is you see good comics. Uh, we had Drew Carey do the show, and uh, you can see the fact that they're not struggling because that's unfair on them, but... It's not a walk in the park. Just because you're well, a stand-up doesn't mean say... You know. It's not maybe in their comfort zone because this is something where you know, a lot of those guys are famous for writing their material and performing mm. what they've written. They're not necessarily famous for being off the cuff. So it's a completely different skill set. Some guys are good at both. Some guys are good at more of the improv stuff. Mm. Um, I know that you and I work many times with Rich Hall, and he's, he's one of those guys... You, I, I will always watch a Rich Hall show because you never know which, where it's going to go, what direction. And he's, he's one of the guys that does walk that line. He can do scripted stuff. He, he can go off and turn a, 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 he can do a half-hour routine on something that just happened in the audience. Um, I think, uh, I think it's, it's a way that he likes to keep his show fresh. But at the same time, it's always uh, entertaining. That's, that's where I think this type of show has got to be very frustrating for these guys because they're in their mind, they're thinking, I just can't suck. I don't want to suck. Plus... It's almost. It's not a competition, so it's not right. No, no, it's not a game show. No. But um, but it's presented as you know, like you, you don't want you don't want to be shown up by the guy that's coming after you or before you. You know, you want to be like you want to have you want to be the guy they talk about at the end of the night. So you know, there's a real. I could easily see this, you know, creating some butterflies in the stomach. Well, there's also a sort of a weird thing with. You have the big names, and by big names, I mean sort of telly-friendly names, you know, like the, um, uh, I suppose for the English audience, people like Frank Skinner, people like Richard Herring, um, who are known on the television. And, and I think television, especially sort of panel show comedy, is so pre-prepared, it becomes, I would imagine, as a stand-up, it becomes pretty stale for you. And then you're thrown out on this stage, and suddenly you don't have the sort of the the... the 
the backup of having pre-prepared stuff. And what's weird about it is some of the circuit comics, the really sort of strong circuit comics, people like Rich Hall, who, you know, pretty much a comics comic, is that the, the guys on the telly don't necessarily pull it off as well as the guys who just sort of club day in and day out. You know, yeah, because it's a, it's, they're, they're used to living on their wits, you know, in, yeah, in the totally, moment. Yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. Um, now, you've worked a lot with, uh, like I said, Rich Hall, but other comics as well. Do you... You've done dramas. You've done comedy comedy shows. Yeah. Um, what What are you comfortable with? What like What is your dream job? What do you like? Besides, I know uh, writing, producing, and, and doing your own shows. When you're actually called for duty, what are the stuff you're excited about? I'm sure you you know. There's things where you might wake up and go, "Wow, this this sounds on paper like or right <laughs> looks on paper uh, like it's going to be a great show or something interesting to do." You know, like for instance, um, I know you worked with Kevin. Bridges. Bridges recently. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I know you as a comedy guy, but, you know, are, are you, are you, what's your thinking? Well, I think you I mean, with me, it is that I've, I do quite a few different things. So as you said, I do documentaries, music videos, commercials. You know, commercials, obviously, you're good financially. The, the, I, I try and only do ones that uh, have, you know, kind of good creative scripts. I'm not all that interested in, uh, you know, Pay your car off and twenty-five month installments of one nine nine five. You know that just doesn't interest. Yeah, that's me. pretty good. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. <laughs> they speed up the voice at the end. But I mean, apart from that, because that's what keeps you afloat financially, um, it is really it's kind of you know if someone sends me a good pop tune or a good rock track or a good idea for a documentary uh, or a really brilliantly written script, then I'll do it. You know, it's not about being exclusive. I'm sure. There's some argument to say you should be a bit more exclusive and only do one thing, but I've kind of been okay, uh, you know, for the last uh, nearly 20 years, well, just kind of do it, doing doing what I really enjoy doing, which is a whole ton of stuff. I mean, comedy is very close to my heart, just because you know my working relationship with you and, and Rich is really strong, Rich Hall, um, and he's a you know comics are incredibly incredibly bright people. And I think it's you, you learn so much from that. You learn how to tell a story through comedy, which is uh, one of the main things of filmmaking is storytelling. You know, yeah, the whole uh, um, dry, uh, what is it? Dying is easy, comedy is hard. Or the old saying, or what's like, that one? It's like it's, it's dying a Victorian is easy. saying. Well, no, John. it's not another, another Victorian <laughs> saying. Beware ye of comedy, for laughs do not come easily. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you guys are giving me shit at lunch for saying. <laughs> what did I say? I go that you were like Victorian oh, saying. Oh, um, said, you, you, your eyes, your eyes big are big. For your yeah. stomach. That's what it was. Your eyes are bigger than your stomach, and yeah. it's like I, I think that's a I think that's a common phrase. All right, pardon me. How does that relate to comedy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, your eyes are funnier than your stomach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, but the the uh, the uh, dying is easy, comedy is hard. Is old saying where like actors would be like, no, no, drama is easy compared to com- comedy is where the, the, you know to be able to do comedy is a completely different skill set than drama, and a lot of people find that outside of their you know their I'll say comfort zone again as an actor, but uh, now um, you were, you said you worked with uh, other comics. It's close mm. to your heart, and I I do believe that. But are there your your movie that you did was a was it a drama? I, I never yeah, saw. Yeah, it. it was one of those. You weird were supposed to send it to me. I never got it. Uh, yeah, you can buy. I don't actually. It's one of those weird things with independent films. Is the only copy I can get hold of is the one that I have to buy from the video <laughs> store oh, at the price of like thirty bucks or something. Is it on Netflix? Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix in England, yeah. Oh, maybe it's Netflix here, because we get a lot of English stuff here. Yeah, yeah. What's the movie oh. called? Huh? What's the movie called? Weekend at Bernie's. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I, I've only seen Weekend at Bernie's too. Oh yeah, no, so I didn't do that. There's one. a lot of like questions that are unanswered. That I feel yeah, like I know. Well, I wanted to one. do it where you know you, I kept the end of the movie open because you know mm. Bernie's ultimately dead. Uh, and I just didn't know where to take that. So whoa, I thought whoa, I'd whoa, shift whoa, that whoa, whoa, I haven't seen problem. it. Hold on. Don't tell me wait, he's dead. <laughs> he dies. Oh, the, my God, no. <laughs> the butler did it. No, I did a movie called The Lives of the Saints, which I did with uh, my ex-business partner, for English photographer called Rankin. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It's like a proper movie. It was, um, you know, we shot it on film and we put it in festivals and it won a couple of awards and we went around and did those little press junkets, you know, where you sit in front right. of a poster and talk to journalist after journalist. I did an interview on Al Jazeera TV. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it would be it was two white Australian guys. Who <laughs> <laughs> I'm Al Jazeera. Yeah, yeah, it was his. Okay, guys, so uh, we're from Al Jazeera. And I was kind of thinking, well, how does that work? I thought it was all full of, like, video cassettes from... Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. It was the, all... The, the dark all, side. Osama bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realise they reviewed <laughs> you you really mediocre entire, movies. You thought that was the entire news network. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. Oh, there was just like a P.O. box for videotapes. <laughs> <laughs> but bin Laden was working a lot back then, man. He had more. He was on TV more than I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, uh, you you did this the press is this something you want to keep doing you want to keep doing movies or I know that we're yeah. working on our project and we hope that someday that would that that sees the light of day and we get it we get it off the ground and, and get going and and that's a, that's something exciting to both of us but I, you know I'm also wondering like because um, you get called upon for duty like hey we got yeah. some, we got a project please come help us with this but independent of that do you have do you have your own visions of stuff like yeah know? I mean the thing is you can't sit uh, what I've realised is you can't sit around and, and, and wait for stuff to fall in your lap and the weird thing is it takes so long to realise this um, and I've just started to get projects up and running I've had this film I bought the rights to a book a Scottish book called uh, Boy Races about three years ago and that's actually looking like it's going to happen oh, cool. next year and I love it, and I'm a you know, big believer in it, and it feels like my kind of baby. With uh, I'm working with a guy called Jim Reed and Alan Mark and Caroline Sinclair up in Scotland, and, and that feels like you know, that should really happen. But you know, the other half of my heart is kind of in that idea of TV drama, and American TV drama just blows the socks off absolutely everything else in the world you know you make you spend three four five years making a, a, a an independent movie and you know guys go and watch it and they come out and it's like eh. you know that's literally all you get for all that work whereas a tv drama becomes sort of totally ingrained in the culture of a, of, of a country and you know things like mad men things like breaking bad and you know the wire they are they become you know just pinnacles to look up to when you are, when you're a creative person when you're a filmmaker oh without a doubt and I know that's uh, I know that this phrase has been overused lately but it's is it your eyes you are bigger know, than your stomach yeah your eyes are bigger than your stomach um, <laughs> hey he's full of them it's already been used three times in this podcast <laughs> your listener but, is gonna love this yeah. <laughs> the listener's ears are bigger than their fucking stomach uh, so um, so uh, Oh, I cracked you up till you coughed. That's great. Uh, that's how I gauge my, uh, my yeah, success. Yeah, it's chili from lunch. Yeah, was that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but uh, we are in a golden age of television. It's absolutely true because um, I think, uh, you know, I mean, we're sitting here right now. Uh, there's a HD TV in our, our living room. and our, the Chateau Marmont in the middle of Hollywood. In no way are we in the Bronx of L.A. In no way is there hip-hop being There's no way hip-hop being played outside. In no way. I'm looking out the window. My car still has its wheels on. I always always tell people, you know, how to get to our places. You basically go east until you don't see anyone with a high school diploma. Then you make a left. 
<laughs> That's pretty much what I did, and I found you guys. Yeah, they were, they were well, what are you guys doing here? Is it a podcast? Hey, <laughs> yeah, come on yeah. in. Um, we're studying for our GEDs. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, uh, we were talking about... Uh, you were saying there's an Apple TV. In oh, the yeah, there's a big TV here. Yeah, so, but it's, it's so true. Like I can... Pull up. I hope you're not announcing all of this to the neighborhood. Oh, yeah, like, all of the valuables in And you should see the cutlass he's got in the, yeah. in the garage. Five, six, seven, Santa Fe Avenue. Like a, it's absolutely fantastic. A MacBook and a fucking <laughs> yeah. full wallet right by the window every night. Uh, <laughs> there is ten thousand dollars cash in the safe. The password is twenty three five eighty seven. Ah, thanks very much. <laughs> so eighty seven. You can't go eighty seven on a on a safe, can you? Can you do anything you Change want the joke. Right. <laughs> There's six thousand dollars in a safe. The password is one right, one left, one right. Uh, there, oh, there we that's go. That's, better, that's made it better. better. Yeah, yeah. So you're um, you're about to give birth to something phenomenal. About well, I was going to say, like, well, the idea that we we all watch television and or we all watch movies in our tele in our the way we watch television is the way we used to watch movies. You know, it's it, we've turned this experience into a theater experience. We're watching. Um, I think people don't are, yawn. That was really interesting. What was that? Well, yeah, what are you yawning? You're yawning about what? I think it was a yawn. I was just about to see his lips through his massive beard. It was a silent beard. yell. <laughs> it was a silent yell? I was yelling for help. <laughs> I was like, this story's not ending. Help can, you imagine, can you imagine if we were actually being robbed on the podcast and then we're all just trying to keep, you're like, just keep the podcast going, you know, somebody's standing <laughs> yeah. with a gun. And we're like, shit, this isn't interesting on a normal, uh, on a normal day. Now we've got to really step it up so they don't shoot us. Um, so, uh, you know, we're talking about... Uh, you know, and I really believe this. Like, you know, I think people are busy. Their lives are different. It's, we, we, are t- we tend to stay home more. So we're watching, you know, television is turned into the movies. Or, and, and, and the people that go out to see movies are younger or whatever. And that's why movies have kind of become kind of shittier, in my opinion, you know, with the exception of... Uh, there's, there's the six, Lives of the Saints. Yeah, with the exception of The Lives of the Saints, <laughs> which is that one exception. <laughs> um, but no, in, and, uh, and, and so I, I kind of get it. Plus... Um, I think we like following and investing into a, a story. You know, you could do, on, like, for instance, you, all the stuff you mentioned were all 13-week uh, or yeah. less episodes per season. So I think it's a lot easier to, A, get big-name actors for that, big-name directors, writers, all that, because it's the investment's not the 22, the normal, we grew up with the 22-week um, network experience where, where it just, but you know, at that grind, it, there's obviously a law of diminishing returns at some point. You know, when you when you, you're trying to chug out, churn out that much of material in a, in a season. Um, now I know England. You come from England, where they're famous for the six and out. You know, they they do six episodes and yeah. I mean, it's it's there's a, there's a few people trying to do it in England. Um, and I've got to be fair, Sky uh, Atlantic who I'm doing this show for at the moment, that they are really are starting to invest heavily in super high-quality drama. Well, well, I love Luther, for instance. Yeah, that, I, mean, I think that's BBC. Is it? Oh, yeah, okay. but, it, but again, it's, it's, that's a, a good example. Luther's a good example. Uh, there's, a, there's a show called Shadowline as well, which is just where they're taking the idea of just taking the pace down a little bit slower and, and understanding that, you know, unlike uh, reality television... You don't have to hit someone with a piece of information every 10 seconds. Yeah. You don't have to recap what happened 10 seconds ago and then reassess it after another 10 seconds and then say what happened in the first part and then say again what happened in the first part when you start the second part. There just isn't any of that stuff. It's actually relying, it's using the audience as having something you know, of a brain larger than a pea. 
Uh, and, and so people do invest in that, and you emotionally invest in it as well. And that's why the English can't get enough of the American drama as well, because they sit in these box sets, and, and there's, the, the Swedes are doing it as well, the Swedish noir or Danish noir is uh, coming through with shows like The Killing. The Killing, yeah. The Bridge, where they're just... You know, everyone talks about these What's things. What's the bridge? I, 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 the bridge is kind of like it's taken from the same template, The Killing. Um, and it, I started watching it on the plane. It was one of those things where, you know, it's a transatlantic flight. takes ten and a half hours. But it went by, you know, oh wow, 10 hours 25 because there's a tailwind. Um, so it's a hell of a lot quicker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh he got him. Hilarious. Um, no, it just went past a lot quicker because this show is just so engrossing. You just you know you, you could sit and watch twenty hours of it. it. Used to be like when you used to get a Game Boy or a Nintendo when you were right. a kid and you'd play it for like forty hours nonstop without needing to sleep or eat. It's that kind of stuff. Did you see the American version of the Killing? No, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Yeah, I, just I didn't really the, feel I like s- I needed to. Yeah, I saw the uh, the first thirteen of the American version, and it, like everyone else, I was super disappointed at the finale. I don't know if you heard that. That was kind of a scandal where like they they promised a payoff to who killed the girl. And yeah, it just was. It was. It felt like you were dicked around for the last thirteen episodes, and then you start because of that. You start going back and dissecting like how you got there, and you're realizing, you know what, this character had like what? Who leaves her cell phone on when you're in the trying to yeah. sneak around in the middle of the night? Did like, you all see it? Did you, you see know? the killing? No, but I, so I really either. want to see the. I did not know. I really you, want to see the Swedish version. You've I, got to see yeah. the Swedish version. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's really sort of mind blowing stuff, and it's done quite cheaply as well. Unlike American drama, where they pump in gazillions you know more money than god style budget is this one uh, was you could tell it was done for not very much but you know there's hardly any lights in it yeah you know <laughs> it's, it's kind of one thing and it's just there's a concept it's a bit like glass at one point it's they're all wearing miners helmets <laughs> just because <the, laughs> the budget was that low yeah. <laughs> yeah all the characters just happen to be miners standing in front of car headlights it's, al- it's always somebody's birthday so they're lighting candles yeah <laughs> that's it yeah all the other things How else but they won't sing happy thing? birthday because then they gotta pay for it so they <laughs> yeah. that's Danish and happy birthday every year we sing the song <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've got to take this ginseng raw. I did oh, say yeah, you're I'll playing around it. with the ginseng. Oh, yeah. Hey, what is that, Aaron? What is that you got there? I think that Chris just looked it up. It, and like, oh, yeah, that what, was it. What's it going to do to you? Okay, so you got so this. Aaron's wait, wait, got what, ginseng what, yeah, royal what, jelly on top of his fridge, right? Where'd you get it? I got it in Chinatown in Vancouver. Oh, boy. A lot of Asians in Vancouver. Can you take the top off it? Yeah. So I'm about to drink it, and I looked it up, and the first thing that came up on uh, the internet for red ginseng royal jelly... Just check out the first line. Redition the prevention of cancer assists enhance immunity to resist infection during lovemaking acts. Ginseng's biological activity enhancing formula is by far the safest and most widely recognized for short by you. It's obviously gone through one of those translation things. Right. So I think it resists infection during lovemaking acts. All right, I'm on. Hold on, let me grab some. I'll take it with you. Hold on. Are you going to get the ball gag? <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna have, uh, you gonna? You might going? have to give you another one to take with you, but right before you make love. Okay, all right. No, no, we're gonna, we're gonna fuck it about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna fuck as soon as I take this. <laughs> okay, so it looks like it's in a, like a little vial. It looks like a vial of blood. Yeah, I thought it was a. Yeah, it's very much like. Hey, a vial Aaron, of blood. should we all just take one at all, all the same well, yeah, time? Yeah, we should. Yeah. All yeah. Let's do it. Right. And then we can like daisy imagine. chain. <laughs> Four people died on this It can podcast. be like a sort of happy version of the centipede. Hear the recording of their last words. <laughs> it does. It smells... Um, Werner Herzog would make a movie about it. <laughs> and no one will believe it. It smells kind of like a... They call it a weekend in like? the botanies. 
Okay. Uh, I'm not going to take it before you guys do it. Hold on, hold on. i got to get my thing. It's very... It's because it's so hot out here in the Chateau Marmont <laughs> that it's uh, make, it making my hands really sweaty. Uh, mine broke already. Oh. Do you edit this show down? Because that's no, a really boring no, 30 seconds. People are still no, we're on the edge of their seat. We're, still <laughs> yeah. the we're still opening little <laughs> bottles of ginseng. <laughs> Say what you're doing, John. Tell us what you're doing. What are you doing, John? I am opening. I'm trying. What happened was there's this little tab on it that kind of you pull and it peels all the way around and kind of pops the, the thing off. Well, it broke on mine and it also broke on. Yeah, try the keys. Oh my God. It's just like trying to. No, it's just relax, okay? You it's just like. Well, hopefully, this is what this will make me do. Five more seconds to commit suicide. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like the. Have you seen that film Downfall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end, where they put the little capsules in there. Have you ever seen when they take that scene from Downfall yeah. and they, they dub it in with the yeah. other stuff? Yeah. The best was when they had the Carmageddon and then, like, um, Hitler's like, I, I, well, my nephew's coming, I'm going to take him to Disney. Oh, the, the Disney, the, you won't be able to take the 405. What? Everyone leave the room. <laughs> like, no, he goes, I think he says, like, everyone... I'm so bad at like, directions out here, but it's like, everyone east of so and so leave the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Oh, hang on. I think I got this one. I think I got God, this. This is just the anticipation. I think I got one. I think I, oh, fuck. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Mine broke again. God damn it. Are you on, are you on side? I'm the only one with this open vial of noxious liquid. Here we go. I'm ready for action. Okay. God damn this thing. Good luck, guys. Do we do this sort of thing where you... Uh, we got three that are broken here. Do, you, do we do a, like a cheers? Are we doing Why? like what a you conventional cheers? What made you want to buy this? You want, let's, let's make a, you make a toast. Make a toast. You're the okay. guest. You make a toast. All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. We all, all, four all right. We all four have open vials of... <laughs> I hope you're still, like, hope you're still tuned in. <laughs> okay. Chink, 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 chink. And down the hatch. Oh. Oh. oh my god! <laughs> oh god, that's disgusting. Oh man, mm, tasty. That tastes like a liquid walnut. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of got, got a touch of the ass juice about it as well. <laughs> ass juice. <laughs> Who do I blow around here to get a mouthful of cum? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we just drank one. Uh, oh well, that's that? good. Ugh. Well, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to my <laughs> resisting of infection <laughs> during lovemaking acts. <laughs> How about if you? That'd be funny if you're like, oh wait, I didn't finish reading. <laughs> it also yeah. causes blindness. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, uh, I'm trying to. Look, I'm, I'm just looking on also the. Also causes um, sexual dysfunction. <laughs> okay, here we go. G- g- Ginsenocides that create pro-sexual effects associated with memory improvements in sexual dysfunction and induce restful sleep. I just remembered this guy that molested me when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was... Uh, that was so where were you, where, 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 We were talking about, talking about television shows. So uh, uh, you've worked on... Now, we've, we've worked on a bunch of shows together, and they kind of walk the line between comedy and uh, documentary yeah. style. Because um, a lot of them that we've worked on were with Rich Hall, and he was the host. He's basically the ambassador of all things... Um, uh, American to the English. He's, he's like a he's, funny American Stephen Fry. Exactly. Yeah. He he would provide. Um, he, he, he would kill you for saying that. Although I, you didn't say it, I just did. Who, who would kill me, Rich? Rich <laughs> for saying that he's no, but a funny American. <laughs> well, I think, straight funny American Stephen Fry. I think Rich respect. He's been on QI a bunch. He, he respects Stephen Fry. I think, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's a good example because uh, he does kind of 
make things accessible that weren't accessible before. Like, for instance, we did a bunch of series on um, movies that were shot in certain areas. One was in the South, one was based on Westerns, one was based on... You did one on Native Americans, correct? Yeah, we just done that one, yeah. I didn't work on that one, but that, I heard that one really well. Yeah, we fired you, do you remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, the, but uh, they, they, they're, they're, they're humorous, but they also are legitimate documentaries. In fact, we were nominated for... What yeah. was the award we were nominated for? Uh, RTS, Royal Television Society, Grierson Awards. I think we were long-listed for a BAFTA. It's all good stuff. We've yet to win one, but I yeah. think this one will win it. You really? Yeah, the American Indian the thing. The one I didn't work on. <laughs> yeah, it's really awesome. So, um, but it, it goes back to the same thing as what we were talking about, about the dramas, is that they're 90-minute shows, and it allows the audience to actually invest some time learning about a subject, but in a way delivered by someone like Richard, which is kind of... I wouldn't say to say it's accessible. It, it, it sort of makes it feel like a lowest common denominator. But he just explains stuff really well, intelligently, and really funny. And that's kind of the only important thing, right? And then, I, don't, um, I don't, I don't feel good after that shot. You really? Are you not feeling good? <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, a really? bit of a. Um, I think it looks a little white, doesn't I he? I think the combination of that and like some questionable fish tacos is yeah. just kind of hitting me right now. And a truckload of chili. All right. Well, we may lose Edgar. In a minute. <laughs> It's like that scene in. Do uh, you ever see that scene in Family Guy where they take the, um, uh, the the? It's like the anti-alcohol thing or whatever that makes you throw up. They're like, all right, whoever can. I can't. I don't know what the liquid is that they all take. It's it's Brian. Uh, it's Brian. Syrup of Ipecac. Is that what it is? I don't know. But that's, that's I think it's the, like that's yeah, the Epicat, vomiting. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so they take they take it and they're like, all right, whoever can hold out the longest, and they're all just sitting around and like it's. it's oh, and then it's one of those scenes where like, they goes, where they take the joke too far, where they all throw up on each other. And they won't, and then first they, of all, then they, they throw up on each other. Are you okay, Chris? Yeah, no, I just did a really really smelly burp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a mixture. But of it feels the, like uh, that right now because in that scene uh, on the Family Guy, they're like, okay, and they're all sitting out real quiet. And next I'm good. They just start. Somebody goes, oh, 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 it's real subtly, and then they just start throwing. Everywhere. I've got a slightly sweaty lip, which is an indicator that I might need to go to the toilet. Oh, no. Oh, that's great. We're going to lose our fucking guest. That's awesome. No, no, I'll be okay. I'll, I'll just poisoned uh, our guest. I'll suck it back. Your microphone cable probably will reach in case. Yeah, you I, need could, to I could give you like a proper walk through what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we know what's going on. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've got rid of my herpes. Or so it says by resisting infection during lovemaking acts. So, uh. <laughs> So you, uh, it's just uh, in recession. It's not. It hasn't gone away. Yeah, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, so uh, the uh, the last commercial you did, you were telling me about. It was the shot in like Born Identity style. Yeah, I mean, I did, I've done two this year, both for Ireland. The uh, the the government one was to this government referendum thing, which was kind of quite an interesting thrillery style thing. But uh, the one I did before was quite funny. It was in Barbados, and it's a sixty second one. It was a one shot, basically. So we had to drive past all this action with this super high-speed camera going at like 700 frames a second and then play back that one take stretched out to 60 seconds and you saw all this amazing stuff going on, like people doing somersaults and stuff going up in the air and water being thrown at people. And it's one of these things that took about three days to get absolutely right. But the end result is, uh, is great. So that was a brilliant piece of filmmaking. How many, uh, many run-throughs did you have? Well, we did, had to do it like sort of 20, 30 times. We had to back up this... It was in Barbados, and they're not hugely um, sort of film-equipped for that kind of thing. Uh, and then we had this huge Dodge uh, Ram with a camera on the back driving down the street with all these acrobats going on. 
uh, you know, sort of doing all these these crazy things. It took ages to get. By saying it, it was a, a brilliant piece of sort of filmmaking experience because it was a commercial. Film. I don't even. I think it was a cell phone, but the script was really good. The equipment we used was great. We got loads of. We got like the best D, one of the best DPs around, one of the best commercial DPs around, and. Uh, yeah, it was well worth doing. I learned a ton now, from in it. The, in that situation, I always wonder, like, are you sitting there going, man, are we, are we going to fucking get it? I mean, it's 20, yeah. 30 takes. Like, you're like, do, were you confident? Like, we will get it. Or you're like, well, you I have to. Know. I mean, you know, un- unlike a drama or uh, a documentary, you can have a bad day because there's another 20, 30 days to get it right. On a commercial, all of that money, you know, X million dollars is, is focused on that one or two days to get it right. So the pressure is immense. And I think the key to it is is not to show that the pressure is immense. <laughs> so you, just, <laughs> you just have to just kind of, you know, there were a thing, couple of things that went wrong. Have you ever it, seen a project uh, or been a part of a project where everything was focused on getting it and, then, and it didn't happen? Uh, no. And that's credit to my brilliance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know from working with you that you'd like to keep a really up, uh, upset. I mean, it's uh, it's like just everything's really positive and fun. I mean, yeah. And and like the minute like somebody rolls cut, you know, obviously we're working, but at the same time, it's it's a lot of just jokes, fucking dick jokes, funny jokes. Always, there's always this. There's one thing we like to do, or like to try and catch. The camera, anybody with, um, <laughs> I don't know how many pictures I have. Of probably about crew 500. Yeah, yeah, probably about 500 <laughs> of you behind a crew member pretending to fuck them up the ass or like you know you know and it's just and it's just that thing where it's like you got to catch them at the right moment because there's like oh the guys go you, you see like the sound guy go oh wait i know it's over there and that kid over there and sure enough you run over and there's gonna be an opportunity for a picture and he bends over and there you are like you know with this goofy smile on your face like, yeah, i've got a whole album of them it's great oh yeah it's great and, i think um, it's i think it's really important that though i mean i think like anything is that obviously you take your your job seriously everybody takes their job seriously but you know, it's it's not really worth doing if it's just going to be a total chore, right? Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you're hanging out in Barbados or like where we went to, you know, well, Wyoming, I suppose, isn't really a similar thing. But you know, you want to sort of you want to have funny two weeks together. You don't want to be bitching around and being bitch slapped or. You and know, especially just, in, in in the case with us, it was very gorilla. You know, we were driving. Yeah. We, you know, at one point, you know, our our. Our actors were driving themselves. We're all like out yeah. there just kind of, you know. Well, you lost a, I heard you, lo- you lost an actor for a couple days, right? Uh, um, what was that one? Wasn't on? it? Didn't we? Didn't you lose Rich driving one time? Oh uh, no, both? Rich decided to drive from Arizona to Rapid City, which is about twelve hundred miles. And uh, but he had no cell phone, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you know Rich, he, he's kind of like pretty much a lone, a lone I've, shark. I've never met him, but I know him pretty well. You, you, you know, you've seen him and all that sort of stuff, and he's no. kind of. Oh, really. <laughs> no! Well, that, that, that put you an end to that is, one. Though, but you've heard me talk about it. He's, he's one of those guys. Who's just Mo kind of the barman off The Simpsons is based on him. Yeah, who? You know Mo the barman off The Simpsons. Mo, yeah, Mo, yeah. Mo's yeah. tavern. Yeah, it's yeah. based off of Rich Hall. It's based Where on the Rich elite Hall. meet to drink. Second. Where the elite meet to drink. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. that's a good so, bit of information for you. You didn't know you know that today. You got out of bed, you drank some ginseng, and you worked out the ritual looked a bit like Mo the barman. <laughs> and he's right about the hurl all over us. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so, um, but yeah, we're, we're doing a lot of guerrilla filmmaking. So the, the budgets are just barely making it, I, I'm assuming. Um, and, uh, and, and in those situations, 
it is stressful, and it's just because like you know you can't afford to to um, to to have a, a bad day or whatever. And, and it's so important because you're out there. I mean, I think we worked all every day straight, right? I don't think we had a day. Yeah, off. I think we had like well, the time we had off was when we had to fly somewhere else. Yeah, there's only time, and that's not really having yeah, a day off because you're up earlier than normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know, it's important to keep that energy level and to keep the, the drama and everything at a minimum and just kind of keep everybody just interested. In fact, I'm sure, and I, I don't want to speak for them, but I'm sure a lot of the crew, you know, are, know that that's going to be a rigorous schedule, but they're like, fuck, I know that at the end of it, it's going to be fun and we're going to get something special and it'll be a good time. And, and the projects we've done have been all really well received and well reviewed and, you yeah. know, and... And like you said, the one that was nominated for the uh, award, I didn't, I didn't go to the ceremony, but I was really happy to hear that you guys were... Well, the, the weird thing was is we were up against... Uh, it's called the Royal Television Society Awards. And uh, we were up against, uh, you know, castrate me, I'm a paedophile. And... Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and uh, Also, John, you were up against another movie of yours? What was that? <laughs> he was joking that that was me. <laughs> Castrate me, I'm a pedophile. Yeah. No, there's actually, another, there another one called uh, Tiny, Tiny Love or Little People Love, which was basically about um, uh, little people. Can we say midgets? Uh, yeah, I'm oh, yeah. Not, I'm not midgetist. Yeah. So, so it's about these midgets, uh, that, and it was looking at their lives and how they operate as teenagers and you know all the trials and tribulations they'd go up against. And obviously that's quite emotive viewing. And we thought, ah, oh, you know, we, I think we're going to win this. And then we turn up at the awards ceremony, and the table next to us is a whole load of tiny people <laughs> around the table. We just thought, well, obviously they're going to bring them in because they've won the bloody thing. And sure enough, they did win. And I got very drunk. Were and they all sitting on phone books? Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All b- the table of pedophiles is like eyeing them. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Something about those kids. It's a little different. <laughs> no, no, no. They're actually people. They're older people. No, no, no. They're not kids. <laughs> Edgar's <laughs> <laughs> good for one one yeah. podcast that's pretty great now, now I can go vomit see <laughs> well, that's show nine that's good stuff um, now I had a thing with uh, I've got this thing about uh, I, I, about 10, 10 12 years ago I did a lot of comedy sketches for, for like entertainment shows on, on the, the big terrestrial channels in England I did this comedy sketch with um, these dwarves once and there was purely by coincidence there was seven of them and, and this is um, totally true. And so I got the, the, these little costumes for them. <laughs> it's difficult to talk about this as sounding really patronising, isn't it? <laughs> so I got these little costumes for them. They were so sweet. Well, so you I got, didn't get big costumes. <laughs> well, no, bad. actually, no. But I suddenly remember we did. We got them big um, jogging sweatpants. Um, and, and, I, to, and I went to the green room, and they all had them, and they had scissors, and they were cutting them halfway around. And it, oh, so I remember opening the door, and it was like uh, I'm trying to think what it was like. It was like Santa's workshop. Well, it was kind of a bit like <laughs> it was a bit a bit worse than that. It was kind of like sort of satiricon, you know. It just there was something about it that just felt a little bit. Everyone was a bit bawdy, and there was the time when you could smoke inside, so they were all smoking and laughing and joking. So I opened the door. I'm like uh, I'm maybe like 26, 27. I opened the door and I said, "Hey guys." Um, so we're going to film this comedy sketch soon. Uh, oh, you all seem to be getting on well. And they went, yeah, yeah, we get on great. Yeah, we work, to, you know, we work all the time with each other in pantomime over Christmas. I'm like, oh, right, that's cool. Which pantomime? And the, the whole room just went silent. And one of them said, which one do you fucking think? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I backed out the door, crept back to my camera, and just shut up for the rest of the day. That was it. Wait, I, w- I want to clear something up. Cause, uh, pantomime. Uh, yeah. Just... Because that was a phrase that was completely foreign to me when I st- before I started going to England, yeah. and it's still running very strong in in England. And it's a type of it's it's what it is. It's with silent theatre, right? Is it? Uh, no, it's kind of like a graveyard for rubbish celebs. 
But it, what it is? It's what is it, it exactly? It's just live theater. Yeah, it's it's a really old concept. I mean, it's it, it's a couple hundred years old. I think it came out of like restoration theater. It's it's really sort of because uh, people will call it panto too, right? Yeah, is it's slapstick. It? Yeah. yeah, it's it's basic slapstick where you uh, it's lots of audience participation. A bit like medieval times. So you'll all cheer at the actors, and you'll you know there's no there's none of the sort of discipline you'd have in a regular theater. Oh, I'm getting a head buzz from that ginseng. Oh, there's yeah. none of the discipline that you'd have in a regular theater. Um, so the the big thing they have in pantomime is when the um, when the good guy the hero's on stage and the villain comes on everyone shouts he's behind you and the guy turns around and the villain ducks and guy faces the audience again he's but be- i mean it's really it, it's kind of fun if you're about five and if it's done really well it's kind of fun as well but what's happened is over the last sort of 20 years it has been basically an excuse for someone that was on a reality show or a, a, a celebrity that's not been in the public eye for x amount of years so you'll find these tiny regional theatres in the arse end of nowhere in England and it, you know, it will be featuring some guy that used to present celebrity, square, uh, celebrity squares in like 1978 as Captain Hook or something it's that kind of thing well then uh I was just—I just started thinking they'll have five-year-olds, and then of course the pedophiles and the would would be there yeah, as well. Yeah, twenty so then, years time. So yeah, it's, it's the next. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's the next time that the pedophiles and the, and the little people are in the same room together. You know, it's <laughs> like oh, we know you from the. Pedophile He's show. behind He's you. Behind <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. oh, that's awesome. So, um, uh, do you? Uh, uh, what do you what do you got coming up? You got anything on the horizon that you're excited about? You yeah, really. Show, I mean, set th- this set list is is fantastic. We're coming back to LA with that. We just did it up in San Francisco with. Um, no, it's, this is going to be going up when like five, four or five weeks, something like that. Four weeks, maybe four weeks. Oh uh, well, it'll be coming to LA mid mid September then. Okay, are you sold out or how's this work? Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure I can figure out how to get you in, but no, I, I, I'm not talking. <laughs> about us. Hey, John. Hey, you and I are close. I don't know about these two guys, but you and I are close. <laughs> don't worry, they're going to die for the ginseng. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to well, be directing like Stephen Hawking's for a wheelchair. <laughs> Got the camera for. John's talking about the six people that are listening. <laughs> yeah, this. no, they how, can come. How will they come? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can come too. Yeah, that's sure. fine Just too. Just come with John. I'll, um, <laughs> I think we'll if, take one, if, if you we'll take one car, <laughs> if you check it's like a drive-in, they'll, they'll, many people get in the car. You can take, you can bring in. If you check on um, if you check on Twitter, it's um, I think it's just the set list. Setlist, okay. Yeah, and that'll give you details. I was just saying, we shot a couple of shows up in San Francisco, and Robin Williams came down and did a couple of nights. Oh, that's nice. He was, he was incredible. Was that, was that expected? Or Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's one of the reasons he went to San Francisco, is because he was there. But uh, we had him and Rick Overton. and oh, Eddie Pe- great. He said he's going to be on the podcast. Oh, Rick did. Future podcast guest. Rick Overton? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, cool, yeah. No, he's a good but, uh, guy. Before he, he, was, he wanted to do it earlier, you know, I reached out to him, and he's in, but... Uh, I, I really think I owe him the, the courtesy of going to see his one-man show. He has a show that he's doing, and I, want, I wanted to check that out first just to kind of yeah. know, see that and, 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 and get, the, get the guys out to see him and just kind of we'll talk to him you know, a little before it. So I didn't want to have him on as a guest without you know, properly vetting him you know, and yeah. letting, letting him have some of our money for going to see him. <laughs> he's a good guy. I mean, I had a, a, a nice chat with him. Him and Robin did a, um, a set list together. On he's stage. great, yeah. Uh, Overton, I, I know he kills it on the set list. Yeah, when he does it, because he's he's just one of those guys, just smart as hell. And yeah, just a, a brilliant, brilliant comic. And, and say Eddie Pepitone did an absolute blast. I mean, you sort of throughout all of this, you sort of presume that Robin Williams was great. That's why I'm not talking about him. But you know, Eddie Pepitone was also uh, 
was also up. very, very funny, yeah. yeah. Are you bringing people over from England too? Or? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know what the lineup is for September. There's a few names buzzing around, but a couple of quite big names actually, but um, yeah, it's kind of just falling into place at the moment. You know, because that's the thing about Paul Provenza. He, uh, you know, he's, he's gotten to really know the English audiences yeah. as well, so I think this show could be a nice, you know, a bridge between, which is why, you know, you know, wherever it winds up in America, hopefully it'll see the light of day somewhere here uh, on television here. You know, uh, it, it's nice to... He, it's a perfect transition for English and American audiences. Yeah. Uh, now, how long have you been involved with the show? Because um, I've seen clips before, like the one with Jimmy Carr and... Yeah, they, that, I mean, they, 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 they right? filmed the live shows around the world. and um, But this is the first time, as I say, it's been shot... Uh, kind of properly for a for a television thing what we're trying to do and what paul provenza is, is very rightly sticking to is he's not and we are not and i am not directing a television show what we're doing is creating a, a live comedy event that we happen to be filming and what that allows you to do is it allows you to film comedy in a in a really sort of interesting and slightly different way like intimate like i bet you have yeah a lot. well it's, it's a big space but you can still be intimate in a, in, a, in a big space it's like it's that sort of lenny bruce dustin hoffman look it's that sort of hard spotlight on a comic where you can't quite see the audience mm. so you don't get an idea of the depth of how far the theater goes back and we're shooting them on really great um like 35 mil chip digital cameras with really massive lenses so you get a really shallow depth of field so it looks absolutely brilliant it doesn't look like any other stand-up comedy show uh, that's been done and that was our main aim it's just to separate it out because personally i find like watching a lot of stand-up comedy on television it sort of feels you know once you've seen the set list everything else kind of feels a little bit downbeat because you're thinking well why would i be so impressed by this because these guys have learned this script and that's just a dumb thing to say but because the set list is so sort of edgy from that point of view right. it, it totally reignites your interest in watching in, in watching stand-up are comedy. your are your cameras moving the whole time like are they yeah there's a couple of handhelds there's you know a few fixed we've got it covered we've got like 10 cameras on the thing oh, wow, so, that's awesome yeah you know you can't well, w- pick your nose without being seen two points on that i one is we were just speaking with a comic uh earlier today and, and that came up about how comedy shows have been you know they're just it's hard to watch comedy on on television yeah. and really get that feeling that you're in the audience um it's just the way it's 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 just always been kind of shot bright and kind mm. of just it just doesn't it's interesting to watch and if you you know you can have a good time watching it but it's not the same thing and i've yet to see it done really well except for um Paul Provenza's Green Room, which yeah. wasn't a stand-up show, but it was a, a roundtable. Yeah. I, like I said, I went to, I told you earlier, I went to like four of the tapings, and cameras were low, they were in the audience, mm. so it was like this feeling where you're like, you know, sometimes they're blocked by a person's face, yeah. and like, you know, you kind of, you're not seeing everything as, you know, like crystal clear and as a clean and, and almost like, it's, it's like the difference between, you know how you watch like a, a like one of those softcore porns on like uh, Cinemax, it's all just bright no. and everything. There's like no, no real. F- like, <laughs> no, no, you don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about, <laughs> right? You didn't get that. You didn't get that forearm from working out, buddy. I know. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, believe, you take a couple of shots of ginseng, lock yourself away. In the, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to explode. I'm going to go out to the Bronx now, and I'm going to beat some people up, and then make love to them. But you know how like they're supposedly presented as though they're like real, real movies, but they're so bright, or like just they just look like okay what's the fastest way we could do this and I, that's probably what they did with stand up like what's the the most the easiest way we could shoot this and it's usually just make everything just bright and the same whereas like 
like comedy shows are dark and they're kind of yeah. you know they're gritty and they they're not you know and and there's a there's a reason there's a break between the audience and 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 the the performer there's a you know a legitimate like the here the show begins here at the stage when the light is on and so yeah, yeah I can see that um, Provenza is a great guy to drive that because he, he understands that. He but the, the difference is this as well is we're shooting it almost in the round, so that so you can be. Oh, that's exactly how. <coughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you, 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 yeah, it's like the green room. Yeah, you can kind of you're yards away. You're like two yards away from the comic on the stage, oh, and with cool. the hard spot and a tiny bit of mist in the air, the comic looks and feels kind of trapped, which oh, is wow. great because then you can really see the whites of their eyes as they're thinking, "God, how am I going to get out of this?" You know, when their word comes up behind them like shame buttering. You know, or optimistic suicide, or something like that. You know, you can really see the brain work in the eyes, and you, weirdly enough, without going too sort of pretentious about it, you can see what makes a comedian a comedian. They're like different beings, you know, because you can the the, the way their brain works is just totally different to to the audiences, which is why they're up on stage and everyone else is laughing. Has there, has there been anybody that it just really just didn't... I, mean, I don't want you to name names, but has there been some where you're just like, well, it didn't really work for this guy? Yeah, not, not for the television show because we gave them two, two uh, sets. Different, oh, obviously. So if they feel like they didn't do great. But no, I saw uh, in the warm-up to the show when we were looking at comics that might be good for it, uh, I saw someone do it. Uh, he's, a, he's a reasonably big comic and... It was painful. I mean, my toes curled up to my knees. Oh, my God. It was just excruciating. Yeah, because that's it. the thing. Watching a comic suffer, you know, it's not really fun at all. It's not a fun no. moment. Because you, if you're... If, you kind of want to duck down and... Yeah. Think, oh, I'll just get yeah. under my desk. Even though nobody's watching you. Or you're just watching your TV. And you're like... Uh, yeah. just hide over here <laughs> just yeah, I, as I do that you slowly walk off stage and we'll all pretend this never <laughs> happened <laughs> yeah it's you know if you're human at all you don't take delight in that at all no, you know, no. I mean you want to do well and that's the, the, the point of this show as well is that you, you know you know I, I just walked when we built the stage in uh, London we did the show in London is I just you know being a director, swaggered out onto the stage to have a look around and see how it would feel for the performer. And I practically crapped my pants and there was no one in the room. <laughs> you know, it just felt terrifying knowing what they had to do to go on and, and do, what they, do what they do. It's just, I just don't know how. You practically but, crapped your pants. Did you have some ginseng before? <laughs> <you went? laughs> Thankfully, I was wearing, oops, I crapped my pants. <laughs> so, um, do you think you could do it, John? Uh, the set list? Yeah. I, you know, I've always That's been, not an invite for the show, I, by the way. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, it's definitely... There's a caveat here. No, but um, my, uh, I've always been one of those guys that have prided myself on, on the, that I can live in the moment, you know? And, and my problem is sometimes I go so off page that uh, it's hard to go back to scripted material. People can tell. Like, yeah. I'll send you go back. Let's, but, let's put you to the test. I'm going to give you two words. No, no, that's okay. Yeah, this is good. Let's do a, let's no. do the callback podcast set list. <laughs> no, Here we go. Live from the Bronx in LA. Why do you keep saying that? Live from 675 Tropicana Avenue. Where the MacBook's in the corner and the HDTV's on the wall. Yeah, there's nothing funnier than somebody trying to be funny in front of their friends. Um, boy, John, put um, the juggling balls away. We, we don't see that. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah I, I do. I, did anybody ever? That's another one. Did anybody do like uh, like anything beyond just straight stand up? Is it always stand up? Well, yeah, we had Reggie Watts in London who. Oh, awesome. He's so amazing. Yeah, you guys know. He's not so well known in uh, England, but he totally. Um, do you know who he is? No. Did you see anybody see the, the, the uh, Conan O'Brien documentary when he went on tour with his show? Um, yes, he was the opening act. He was the the black dude that um, 
just amazing musician. But he said he's the he's the musician on Comedy Bang Bang. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've yeah. seen the commercials and he's just incredible. He's an amazing talent, super super brilliant, and um, and normally you know with the exception of a few with the exception of a few performers, I have a real tough time with like music acts that try to be funny. But he's he's one of the exceptions. He's really great. Yeah, he, he does this sort of kind of looping. He loops his own voice and does like there soul. Uh, soul singing on it okay, I recognize the difficult him. thing about him as well he's got so much hair on these really long lenses that <laughs> we were shooting on it just it was like shooting into a massive bunch of pubes with <laughs> teeth and eyes uh, so it was kind of tricky because I'm thinking can I actually see this guy I mean he just has he's got huge beard huge, yeah. huge mop of hair but he was fantastic and um yeah, I mean, he, he was not conventional stand-up. He just made these, his, his last... Um, Did he do it with music? Yeah, yeah, he just has an iPhone, uh, a microphone, and a little guitar pedal with it, a little effects pedal, and he sort of beatboxes, and then he loops that, and then he puts a bass and boom, 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 and then, I mean, I can't do it, obviously, and then, kind of stuff, and then yeah. he loops all that, and then he sings the setlist topic. He puts the lyrics into this sort of bed of uh, music that he's made. Oh, that's amazing. It's incredible. It's really good. It'd be really cool. I think it'd be uh, a great thing. That's awesome. So, uh, uh, are you, have you, did, did you know Reggie Watts before this project? Uh, I was aware of him without sort of knowing that much about him. What about other comics? Have you seen any that you've been like, oh, shit, you know, this is, I know you mentioned T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller was uh, incredible. He won't accept my Facebook He's too, we got too many friends, he wrote to me. Listen, me and him are best friends now. Oh. T, what, TJ? Maybe. You know what I'll, 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 I'm actually allowed to just call him Jay. <laughs> I'm allowed to drop the T. He's very... He, he made it look so slick. It almost made me think, hang on a second, has this guy seen these topics? Because it was ju- and he just stepped off a plane from LA, and he, just, he got out of the car, put a radio mic on, walked on stage and just delivered a mind-blowing set. I mean, it was mental. It was so polished. You've seen him, I think. Well, I don't know which one of you I took to go see him at... Uh, I think we've seen him at the Improv, and I think we've also seen him at the Hot House show. Um, very funny, T.J. Miller. You know, the, gig, the gigs I've been to with you... Uh, we, we, we went to Hot House as well, didn't yeah. you? We've we been there once together. Yeah. The Whore House? What? No. Yes, the Whore House. <laughs> this is a great stand-up comedy. <laughs> That's why we had to take the ginseng. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've currently got rid of the AIDS. Um, no, we just, went Just currently. <laughs> yes, after drinking the ginseng. Why did I have sex with her again after I got rid of the AIDS? <laughs> I knew what, was, what I was getting into, literally, and... <laughs> <laughs> but what's good about that hot house stuff, and I think cause I went to the improv with you as well. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is the uh, and again, this is very difficult to say without sounding either patronising or slightly misogynistic. But I don't like hoes. No, it's it's the the female comics in the states are absolute. I mean, those two nights we went, we spent together watching yeah. those comics. They were head and shoulders. You know, head. And, they, they, I just thought they were fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, you saw, I believe, I think one of the nights was Maria Banford. I'm not 100% sure who we saw. But the first night at the improv, I didn't know, um, I didn't know those ladies. You're talking it was about Margaret the, Cho, wasn't it? Oh, Margaret Cho was there. But also there was a woman who came out, and she was talking about getting off of drugs. That one? Yes, that one, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know who she was, but she was fucking phenomenal. You're yeah, right yeah, about she that. was good, yeah, yeah. She's, I wish I would have remembered her name, because she, she just kind of came out of nowhere and, I, and just... Blew everybody away. If yeah. you looked at it, if you looked at her walking up there, you're like, "Oh, what is this?" You know, you know, she didn't look like 
she was super funny or whatever, and she was kind of tough looking, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't really know what her deal was, and she just owned that stage. She was yeah. great. Yeah. Well, they all did. I mean, there's a couple of uh, comics in uh, the UK coming through. There's uh, a girl called Tiffany Stevenson and a girl called uh, Roisin Conaty, who are really good. And they're, again, they're just... You know, we don't have a huge history of, of female stand-ups, or not ones that are kind of... Uh, to say masculine is the wrong word, but don't that don't use their femininity as a as their material. Right, right. Um, and, and Tiffany Stevenson and, and, and Roisin Conte are, are really good. They're they're really coming up through the ranks. I what? mean, they've been doing it for for a while, but they're just starting to get noticed now, which they deserve to. Are you doing versions of the set list? Now? How how long are you going to stay with the show? Are you are you going off to? Is this going to be a, a series? What is this? Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, I don't know. It's like fourteen parts. So you're going to do America for what? Like, three well, we've do, we're doing London, San Fran, and uh, LA, and that will make that will give us, uh, I think, twelve, thirteen shows. And then there's so much stuff that won't get in it that we're putting that in. Like, how long uh, are you shooting in LA for? I think we're doing three nights. Wow! So yeah. you're doing a lot in those three nights. Yeah, I mean, we do like uh, half hour shows, six, seven comics a night, and it's two eighty minute shows. Wow! So a lot um, of stuff. Uh, is this is the idea that you wanted to get picked up and you're going to start doing it around the country, like the world, and and, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been going as a project already around the world. But I think the idea is is that you know this first series gets done and then you know maybe do another series, maybe take it to uh, Montreal or the Sydney, uh, you know, uh, is it Melbourne Comedy Melbourne Festival? Melbourne Com- Comedy Festival. Um, you know. Th- it, it's it's in its infancy at the moment. It's 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 quite a mature project on a live circuit, but as a as a show, a live filmed event, it's pretty much in its uh, you know early stages. God, that, that, I could easily see that being like a, a like a movie that you know yeah could show at colleges and stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, like, I mean, there's a lot of people that said it wouldn't work. Um, a lot of sort of naysayers that were like, yeah, well, you know, you can't really do this and you can't really do that. I just thought, well, everyone always says that shit until it works, and then they be- then that's the thing that becomes the thing yeah. that everyone tries to do. Yeah, and it's cool being part of something that is kind of you know unique. It's always fun in any project that you do to, to do something that you don't f- you know that you feel is kind of got a breath of fresh air to it. You know, whether it's documentaries with Rich or music videos or whatever. You know, how about music videos? Have you done any lately? Yeah, I don't. Know, I sort of sort of stopped doing them at the end of last year I got so bored with record companies not giving you any money and then well it's got to be weird too because the, the budgets for music videos have just gone way down right because of, oh yeah yeah because they're not as relevant especially in the states I know that there's still it's still necessary in England and overseas to have a music video to kind of market your stuff but really we've you know you've seen what MTV's turned into out here it's still it's all reality shit and yeah Nobody watches videos anymore. Well, it, dis- to- it disappeared really discernibly. I mean, when I started doing music videos, like one of the first ones I did was nearly half a million dollars, and we got something in for like a hundred, oh no, hundred sixty thousand dollars. We're like, nah, hundred sixty thousand dollars. I can't even, you know, I can't. I'm not going to get out of bed for. Yeah, <laughs> I can't put a camera. <laughs> get out of bed for, for less that. than a half mil. And then a year later. The budgets are about 160, and someone said, oh, "Do you want to do a 100 grand music video?" I'm like, "Nah, 100 grand. What do you think I'm? Like, I'm doing 160." And now, uh, and I, I'm not kidding you. It's now like, how much have they got? Uh, they've got ten thousand dollars. And you go, ah, "Yeah, actually, you know, I might, I might do that. I could take it." Yeah. I could. And, and you just think, and I've sort of not stopped doing them because it, they're just such hard work in the sense that they don't give you any money, and then they're all over it like a rash telling you what you can and can't do with it so what I actually did is I made a, a conscious effort to 
do music videos for people that either haven't been signed or have just been signed and they've got no money and there's no creative control over my shoulder. So I've done two music videos in the last month. This one guy's not, not been signed. He's just moved down to London and I bumped into him in a bar and my friend said, oh, this guy directs music videos. He's like, oh, wow, I'm a musician. And I said, oh, play me some of your music. He played it. I said, yeah, let's do a video together. And I gave him like a really high, you know, pulled in a couple of favours and we just had the best day ever. I shot it with Mark Regan who does our... Oh, what's, yeah, the name of the, what's the name of the artist? The artist is a guy called Tom Figgins. And he's a, you know, he's a young guy, he's 20, he's good looking, he's got that kind of, you know, that, that bravado of someone that knows he's talented. Um, he's a good songwriter. And, you know, are your, are your videos like, are, are they on a, do you have a website that showcases uh, they're sort of No, I mean, I'm getting, I sort of thought about it, as I sort of need to get one made because they're yeah. all covered by different things in the sense that, you know, my London agent's got all my music videos for London in, my Irish agent's got all the commercials for Ireland in. You know, the Rich Hall stuff just floats around in the ether somewhere. So I thought I'd get a website and put all of it yeah, in. Yeah, you could probably get a YouTube channel, you know, where, like, you could just, you know, something, you know, where you could just post all your stuff where people could find it in one place. That'd probably be, you know, just because you've done so many different things, it's, yeah. it's kind of, you know. What, what, yeah. Did you find Tom Figgins? Yeah, was the video called Hold On? No, I haven't finished it yet. Oh, he's got three <laughs> videos on here. One of them's live. Yeah, no. It's like in a studio and the other one's called It's Hold called on. I'll Forever Be. But it's, uh, it's Are not. you working on it now? Yeah, it's just uh, I've got Santa's elves uh, back I mean, in London <laughs> doing stuff. It's those guys that I work with, the, the was, midgets. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, on, <laughs> yeah. they're done with their costumes, now they're on the video. Yeah, now so. they're suddenly film colorists. It's awesome stuff. Um, what is the, what is the, uh, the uh, best, like, as far as you're, the one you're most proud of, do you have one? You, like, the music videos. Yeah, yeah, or a commercial or something like, you know, I know, I, I know that those two would be Short, more shorter form. Yeah, uh, the thing I'm most proud of is probably uh, I find it very. I'm sure you guys do as well. I find it very difficult to be really happy with something that you've done. I think the thing I did a short film called uh, May- Maybe One Day. Oh, I was going to say you're, there was a short film that you did for the competition. Yeah, what was the, that competition? I voted for it. It, it was called Future Shorts, and it's a really established and, and well respected short film kind of body. Uh, and they do these um, these things every so often and this was sponsored by a mobile phone company oh, and, right. and ended up winning and got on like 200 cinemas around the country no it was good it was really and good. it was yeah and it was again the sort of thing where no one bothered me making it they just said look here's some money go and make it and it just came uh, out of nothing really it actually came out of an argument that I had with the guy that I used to work with uh, and then I made this silent film and about 10 minutes before we finished the whole thing I thought ah, it'd be kind of fun to put some words on it so I wrote this slightly stupid poem uh, or the, the 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 sort of the, the voice of the guy in the film, and uh, recorded it like ten minutes before we delivered it. Oh wow! Did so uh, I like? I, I really liked it. Is, it. is that available? Yeah, that's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that just you know what YouTube's like is that you put something up there and it's like, oh, your mother's an asshole. No, your mother's an asshole. And then suddenly, it's all the comments become nothing about oh, the. T- uh, tell me about it. But the, but the problem <laughs> with me is my mother is actually an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that, that was me that wrote that. <laughs> I'm kidding, mom. Like she's listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, this thing has just got unanimous nice comments. I've just never seen anything like it. I don't oh, know. wow. It's, yeah, it's just... Uh, we'll I mean, have to do something about that, listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing about my mama. <laughs> <laughs> but that's... that's uh, Edgar's looking it up right now. Do you get it? Oh, no, uh, I do. Yeah. This is like a sort of live on air it's called, critique. No, 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 no. But, <laughs> but, but no, where, where do people go? I, I want to read it? some reviews. 
This made me feel really good. I don't know why, but I felt strangely happy. Good, that'll be the ginseng. It must have been the ginseng. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <I'm there>. <laughs> <laughs> He enjoyed one day, but what about the next day after it? I would, I would want to see them showing the reality a bit more. Oh, see, that's a negative comment. Yeah, it's kind of negative. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, that was just written by Edgar just now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was actually just a statement by Edgar, yeah. <laughs> You don't bring up another this bad English one. This guy's a twat. I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, then. Somebody just wrote the word more, period. Ah, yeah, more. More. That's, they want more. They want maybe one day two. <laughs> Hang on, on the, next. the second page. Come on. Far away, bad yeah. boy. A touching story. Yeah. I'm here watching this over and over, thinking of how crazy, thinking how crazy can it be to change your life, stop doing what you do every day. Live the life you want to live yep. while you still have time left. You only uh-huh. live once by Fajita Soldier. <laughs> by Fajita Chris- Soldier? <coughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people do do that. It's, and I'd imagine they're kind of teenagers. Like Chris Cottam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy is unbelievable. I am so great. He is so great. <laughs> i got one word for one. this film. Totally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this must have been written by a British person. Why does he brush his teeth before eating? Why does he brush his teeth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, don't you do that? You brush your teeth before eating, right? Yeah. Don't uh, you? I mean, in the morning, you don't get up, have breakfast, and then brush your teeth. It's nah, a bit like dude. wiping your ass and having a shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I actually, I, it depends. If I'm eating at home. I, I eat and then brush my teeth. I eat the, brushing my teeth is the last thing I do before I leave. Really? I That's like, the first thing I do. No, I think it's the... No, because you brushed your teeth before you went to bed. I know your, 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 your mouth gets dirty overnight, but um, the way I do it... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, you're like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I clean myself the same way. Uh, Except so, only the genitals. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, you... I, because I, I think like okay it should be the last thing you do so your breath is fresh when you leave the when you leave uh, in the morning but uh, if I'm going to obviously go so I mean yeah I'll brush my teeth first if I'm not eating at home I guess so I don't know I don't I think brushing your teeth before you eat is uh, well uh oh music monster rar says wait <laughs> with that many eyes and t's <clears throat> I eat cereal then brush my teeth. <laughs> There you go. You kicked off a conversation. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the one thing I hate about the internet. You're right about that. Where all of a sudden it'd be like, you look, especially if you ever have a computer problem. You're yeah. Like, okay, something's wrong with my my um, PC or my Mac. You know, whatever. So let's say you have a PC. Like, okay, something's wrong with Windows, and you're trying to figure out like, what does this mean? This thing, and you'll do a search for it, and there's actually somebody out there who's who's nice enough to have fixed the problem for you. He's figured it all out, but there's got to be like 10 assholes you got to go through and they're like, why don't you get a Mac, you stupid idiot? Right? You know, like, that's, not what I'm, I'm, that's not my fucking problem right now. You know, and it's like, uh, he's not a stupid idiot for not getting a Mac. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I like to or, do. Or I love it like when he, he'll post a question like, hey, this, this thing happened to my computer, blah, blah. We get the 10 stupid answers and then he'll just come back in and say, I fixed it. <laughs> with like no solution it's just it's about as random as going up someone in the street and asking them how to you know rewire your house circuitry I mean it's 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 the internet for that sort of stuff is you, is you may as well stick your head out your window has anybody got an idea on how to change this drive on my PC <laughs> shut up old man <laughs> but I'm trying I'm to brush my teeth <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to eat <laughs> um 
Well, that's cool. So the, the short film, do you want to do more of those? Things? How much, was there a budget with that? Was that? Yeah, I think it was uh, $15,000. So and how long was it? Like 10 minutes, right? No, it's about uh, four and a half minutes. Is it that short? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a, fucking there's forever. There's a 15-minute advertisement for the Sizzler before it starts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're pulling in any of that money from the Sizzler? <laughs> but the thing is, is, a friend of mine uh, did, did a short film that got like... Like 10 million hits. It was a massive... It was the one that, um, I think, won a couple of years or so. Oh, right, oh, that's it. it won a big uh, short film competition. And they ended up actually making money from it because it, for every hit that you get if you're sponsored on that link... Yeah. I mean, I'm new to this. You guys probably know this. Oh, you yeah, get yeah. like 0.05 of a cent for well, every... But also... You jump up exponentially. Like, uh, for instance, yeah, when you start off, you get a very, uh, very minuscule amount of uh, money from advertisings that they, they would that YouTube because they'll approach you if they're getting enough hits, they'll approach you. Now, the yeah. problem is you've already started that train rolling, so you're yeah. getting whatever you know from that moment on. But uh, at some point, you um, you actually move up to another tier, and mm. that's where the money comes in. Where either like um, you you know you. They recognize that you have talent, or that there's you have an audience, and they. It's almost like renegotiating. You you actually bump up a little bit, and and there's there's considerable amount. I know people that that make tons of money just doing videos for the internet. Well, I think that's where the record labels do it because you know I've done music videos where, on average nowadays, I suppose they get. You know, I've got a couple that maybe like eight to ten million. But I did one, I did that Timberland one, uh, like uh, Nelly Furtado one, like uh, quite a while ago now. And at the time, it was like the third most watched video on YouTube. Oh, wow. Had like 48 million hits, and that was like six years ago. So, uh, but the, all the advertising that's coming in from that, if there is any advertising on it, is going straight to the record company because right. I don't own any rights to it. But it's, it's like 100 million plus now. It is, he, that is know. a weird thing for a director to go through right now, I bet, because yeah, as far as residuals and things like that go, it's kind of the Wild West. I know that there's constant negotiations from all the, the guilds to try and make sure that it's even and everyone gets their fair share but you know people are still you know disseminating products that you've created without yeah. compensating the artists and, yeah. and all it's got it's so so I don't know if that means like people need to re- renegotiate bigger front end deals or whatever the deal is but it's you know the business has, has, has switched and changed so much someone stealing my cutlass no it looks like um Martin Lawrence from Big Mama's house walking by oh, really? outside. All of a sudden I saw Edgar. Open like the curtains. <laughs> it was like this big, giant red blob just walking down the streets. Uh, it was the Kool-Aid man. That's what it was. <laughs> um, so what's this, what's this area called? It's called Highland Park. I think oh, Highland Mount Park. Washington. Mount Washington, Highland Park. Cypress Park. Cypress Park. Is that Mount where Washington Cypress Hill comes from? Surface. That's a good question. What's that? Is where does the, Cypress Hill come from? I noticed I came down Cypress Boulevard. Why don't you uh, look up where Cypress Hill came from? To the internet. <laughs> so, um, oh, you just look it up and it says, Your mama! Well, wow, it came <laughs> this from is weird. It says, uh, Cypress Hill brushed their teeth before they eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even Google that. Um, <laughs> Callback podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Callback podcast. <laughs> so, uh, were you off to... Uh, they named their... The band Cypress Hill after a street in Southgate. Where's Southgate? Southgate, where's that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is Southgate even... is. Is it in the Bronx of LA? The 16th largest city in Los Angeles. Where? Uh, seven miles southeast of downtown Los Angeles. Ooh, uh, southeast. Side. And we're, no, we're northeast, aren't we? We're the northeast massive. We're kind of just east, east. 
with the East East Massive. Yeah. We keep it real. Yeah. Amelia Earhart is a notable... uh, Real Spanish. Native. Of Cypress Hill? Of Southgate. Oh, okay. So, um, when are you going back to London? Where where are you off to next? Uh, I'm going to go back to London for a few weeks and cut a few of the shows we did in San Francisco. Then, so you're going to be working on this show then straight? No, I'm, j- I'm just doing a, f- a few days here and there to sort of um, to sort of make sure that when we set it... Because it's a sort of show that once it's start up and running, it, it can be cut relatively easily. How, does the, how, how are the transitions, like the start and the finish? I mean, is it the last person done with their set list? And you're like, all right, good night, everybody. You know? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of it that's backstage. So there's a lot of that tension about the comics kind of crapping their pants before they go right. on stage. Uh, and so then you do like a, a, a recap, like well, it's it's more it's it's actually more of a it's kind of like a documentary with a live comedy event in the middle of it. Okay, cool. It's not a very long show uh, when it when it gets broadcast, but it's sort of top and tailed by the story of the comedians coming into the theatre saying, oh, "Hey, I've not seen you for a while. Have you done this before?" It's terrifying. It's like you know asking a magician to do real live magic, or it's like falling out of an aeroplane without a parachute, and they sort of have a little chat with each other, and then they go and stand backstage and they watch the comics on stage as they do their set and they sort of look to camera like god this guy's absolutely smashing it and then he goes off and the next person goes on so it's kind of a mixture of um it's kind of got a sense of verite about it as well which is why i was quite interested in doing it it feels do you find that um so the comics are in the room watching the other comics yeah yeah do you find that the show's evolving because imagine like if you're the first you know what's the name i forgot the name of the guy that started it troy conrad troy conrad um like when he first started it, I'm sure people going up didn't really understand completely, or they kind of like you know what I mean. If they start, so you're you're kind of getting the groove, like oh this might work or whatever. But now that you have comics that are becoming educated from watching the show, because I've yeah. seen plenty of clips online, yeah. And uh, I, do you find that there? Do you find the show is evolving to a one like a a more honed specific type of like, or is it still kind of free for all? Like no, it's it, total free for all. I mean, the only thing that you get. To the home to are the rules really, and if you if you know the rules inside out, and then they're rules in kind of massive quotation marks. Basically, the idea is that you're not allowed to use your own material. Uh, there should be no limit to what you can think of. Um, I'm trying to think what the other the other rule is. Try to sort of try to sort of involve the word in your set list rather than turning around and saying ah. I see optimistic suicide. This is my joke about optimistic suicide. So it's make it less right. compartmentalized and make it sort of a bit more free flowing. Yeah, you want to make it look like as if, like uh, every now and then, you look down at your like you would look yeah. down at like a like a like an open mic and you look down at like a oh yeah, I'm supposed to do the whatever bit. Yeah, now, exactly. You know? Yeah, and so it feels kind of seamless and organic. And when that happens, it, it, it's it's mind blowingly good. And when it doesn't work quite so well, is when the comics do treat it like and what's the next topic and what's the next topic because it just. It sort right. of sucks all the life out of it, you know. Um, the Kevin Bridges show you did, is that on yet in England? Yeah, they they, they played it on uh, BBC One, the channel BBC One. And then, and they, then you, was that, was that co- him doing comedy or him? Uh, kind of. It was a strange show. It was, um, he, he, he's a, Kevin Bridges is a very young Scottish comedian. He's only like 24, but he's pretty prolific talent. And he's very, he's very, very good. Uh, and he sells out wherever he goes. The Scots love him. And I did a series about looking at the, the sort of influences behind where he got, gets his comedy from. And being only 24, I mean, he's only been out of school for like six years or something. Oh, yeah. So it's just sort of going around Scotland and Glasgow and sort of looking at the things that inspired him to... You know, he talks about... He's a bit... He's, he's, a, 
to say he's like a young Billy Connolly is, is not fair on, on Kevin or Billy for that matter. Yeah. But uh, he's got that sense of, uh, you know, you can't hate him. You just love him. When he stands up on stage, you, you warmed him very, very quickly. He can be quite acerbic and he can be quite sort of forthright and, and appear to be quite bullyish. But in actual fact, you just go out of the gig and just think, oh, I just love that guy. He's amazing. I think I met him briefly. Was he on the, was he on the green room? Uh, I don't think he was on the green room, no. Somehow, I, I, know, I know I tried setting up some gigs in New York, um, but I don't... For some reason, I want to say I ran into him, but I, I, don't, I, I don't know. He's like a 24-year-old, 24-year-old body with a sort of 45-year-old mind. Oh, that's awesome. You know. So was it, uh, was it, was it a, that was a fun project to be bopping around with him? Yeah, I mean, I'm not so mad keen on that kind of documentary stuff where it's... You know, the word for its actuality, where you just take a camera and shoot everything that goes on and then you cut it in the edit. It was a bit more structured than that. Um, Would that be cinema verite? No, that's not verite. I'm just kidding. It's actuality. It's actuality. Actuality? Yeah, which I just, I don't know. It's that, you know, actuality is that stuff you see on uh, reality shows are basically actuality. You know, there's just, it's, you just film stuff and then make a story up out of it. Create it later. Yeah. I'm not saying cinema verite is where you capture the moment. Yeah, it's about the truth. Yeah, I think about that's the a truth. direct translation, John. Oh, so it's like uh, like a podcast. It is. Hey, kind of like which a podcast, podcast is that? Uh, <laughs> the callback podcast. Oh, the what? The callback. Uh, the callback podcast now available on iTunes. Awesome. Now available. That was the only place it was ever available. You can get it on the website. Oh, actually, you do callback callbackpodcast.com. Callbackpodcast.com. Yeah, it's the show that you're on. Yeah, right I'm going to go back to England and tell all my friends. We'll double we'll double our numbers. <laughs> yeah. Tell all your mates. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Look at, <laughs> look at you. Yes. And maybe I'll throw them a few quids in yeah, exchange throw, for their listenership. Yeah, throw up some of those squids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why don't you and, and take your lift to your uh, Yeah. Take your take the lift to the uh, to the flat. To your flat, and uh, but there's a pavement outside. It was funny when I was in England. That, uh, when I, I remember telling people that, oh, my roommate and my roommate, and they kept thinking, like, literally, like, oh, he shares a room with some guy. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you guys say flatmate. Yeah, you actually meant boyfriend. Well, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I did at the time. No, yeah, I was fucking him. That's what I said. Um, I mean, I just finger fucked him. That's as far as I went, but still, you know, we're close. Enough already. Um, but, uh, yeah, the uh, dude. You spend way too much time here in America, though, not to know. Like you, there's no subtleties anymore. You know more about uh, you know American sports is, is, than than yeah. Most I mean, Americans, I get all my knowledge you know. of American sports from you. Yeah, there you go. Maybe <laughs> <I could laughs> sit down eating. Fuck it. We had about thirty thousand chicken wings one night watching the Super Bowl. I think. It <laughs> oh, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, th- I think the, the the language thing isn't a massive. It's sometimes a little bit annoying when you know. For breakfast, they say, oh, what bread do you want? What toast do you want with that? And I'll say, sourdough. And they'll say, what? And I'll say, sourdough. What? Sourdough? Oh, sourdough. Yep. <laughs> it's like, well, I can't understand where the misunderstanding is. <laughs> it's like, is it, were they beguiled by my eyes? Or they sort of switched off for half a minute? Or Do you like, I mean, do you like America? I mean, you, you have a place out here, right? Do yeah, you? I've got a place down in... Um, it's not in the Bronx, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's on the border of Beverly Hills. And when I say the border of Beverly Hills, I mean West LA. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's great. That's I love a very, that. Uh, that's a very gay... It's actually very Jewish. Well, it's also very gay. It's gay and Jewish. Well, you're English, so you're happy already. <laughs> I'm <so>. gay and <laughs> Jewish. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really nice area. It's just it's sort of uber uber Jewish in the sense that they they, they uh, are very respectful of uh, oh the, the, it's acidic, right? Because it's uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know. So right. there's you know there's there's really not much going on on a Friday or Saturday, and and the apartment or the house next to me, uh, you know, does all the kind of singing and accordions and. You know, you can't imagine Woody Allen to pop out from over the hedge and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. So it's a cool area, but I, lo- I mean, I love it here. I've always have. I did my first job over here about 12 years ago, and uh, that, the reason I keep coming back is because I like it, obviously. Yeah, the weather's uh, pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Considering that, you know, I was in, uh, I spent a lot of time in England, and it's just kind of, you know, you get a lot more rainy weather. Yeah. I did a joke out there once. I was like, there was an unidentified flying object in the sky. Everyone will. Re- Turns out, please relax. It was just the sun. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Uh, uh, do you do you miss home? What do you feel like is your home now? I don't know. I mean, because uh, my parents travelled when I was a kid. Right, you're an army brat, right? Uh, well, for like the first two years, and my dad worked for the for the government for um, the rest of his working life, pretty much. So we travelled around a lot. So I didn't really stay in anywhere for that long. So it's generally in my blood to feel happier on the move rather than um, I feel a bit like Val Kilmer in uh, Michael Mann's Heat you know Robert oh. De Niro comes in and he goes if you feel the heat you need 30 minutes to get out <laughs> it's that <laughs> kind of thing but obviously the heat for me is um, I don't know what that would be hey there's a comedy show oh it's the heat I'd better get out <laughs> um, yeah no I just like I don't like staying in one place for more than one time really but I think here in London is the same I mean you guys have been to London right yeah. you've, been, you've definitely yeah, been, been to London, London. If you, you've been to London no I haven't Oh, loser. loser. It's awesome over there. <laughs> People have quids and mates. <laughs> oh, you can swear. Don't worry about it. No, no, I just don't really like swearing. I just kicked over the uh, glass of water. Oh, oh did you? Yeah, he, okay. he almost kicks over a pint of water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a pint of, uh, well, I guess they say water. <laughs> mind, so, yeah. Mind so, the bin. So, come over to London and... Um, Come and uh, admire our incredibly bad-toothed uh, population and crap weather. Shit food. Well, I'm looking at this, I'm looking <laughs> at this picture of uh, Tiffany Stevenson, and I wouldn't mind coming over for her. Oh! You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, no. What do you mean? I'd like to have sex with her. Oh! oh, oh. I thought, oh, I thought something else. <clears throat> oh, she is pretty. Yeah, she's lovely. Yeah, I also know her boyfriend very well. Oh. And he won't take kindly to that because he is a very angry Scotsman. Yeah, well, he's Scotsman. I was just yeah, saying, yeah, English, yeah. Don't, you, you have nothing to worry about, but Scots, <laughs> those guys have Celtic blood. You've got to be careful of those yeah. motherfuckers. He's got a beard not unlike yours. Oh. Actually, he sort of looks yeah, the same. It's called, it's called Tiffany Stevenson. Go back, Where's our little, we should have a little sound effect. <laughs> oh, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. You've got you got, you got, oh, Comedy's at the door. Quit, you, this is a... Uh, run to the bathroom, flush the toilet so we can get that sound. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. This is, this is good, this is Ding good. Dong. Okay, Woo. I'm going to... Uh, we're we're going to set this up, John. Yep. Um, just just wait a second. I'm gonna, I've got two things for you, and I'm going to ask you for... Uh, I'll set it up, I'll do it. Okay, okay, here we go. He's got a beard just like yours is the do line. The <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are you ready, John? Uh, where, where's, the mic? where's the speaker on this laptop? No, she is. Uh, she is pretty. Uh, okay, so you ready, John? So uh, I'm gonna say she is pretty, and you're gonna be like, uh, yeah, she's she's go on, got she- a beard just like yours. Oh, she is pretty. <laughs> oh wait, oh, uh, wait, I haven't done it yet. it. She got a beard. Yeah, it's called. He's got a beard just like yours. Yeah, it's called Tiffany Stevenson. 
Thank you, folks. <laughs> give us another one, John. Give us another. Uh, no. no, quickly. One more. Yeah, one more. No, and so the chef said, that was no ladle. That was my knife. Hey. Oh. Whoa. Hey. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome, right? <laughs> it was funny. I told, uh, I told Steve Albini that I... Uh, he he could record my. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Go. I was talking. I was talking to the teacher from uh, the Peanuts shows. <laughs> was it, does it sound like Miss Othmore, but Charlie Brown's teacher? <laughs> hey, hey, te- hey, Miss Othmore. Uh, I forgot my my homework. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, wah, wah, wah. So go and tell me about Steve Albini. No, I was gonna say like uh, uh, one of my jokes was I was gonna have Steve record my comedy album, but I knew he'd just bury the vocals. But he'd bring up the drums, so I'd hear his rim rim shots. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, back of the neck. Oh. What show's this called again? Is it callback.com? Yeah, callbackpodcast.com. Thank callbackpodcast.com. There you go. Um, backslash Tiffany Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, don't talk about Tiffany Stevenson like that. I like the backslash Tiffany Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> poor girl. She's, poor. She's, she's going to be listening to this. And she's like, oh, I work with Chris. Let me listen to this podcast. And yeah. She's going to be crying. I'm going to get off the plane in London. I'm going to get like, sweep into some room to be questioned. <laughs> some Scots. Some Scotsman. Yeah, her, her boyfriend works in the police, actually. Oh, that's, that's Scotland perfect. Yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's actually got an office. Oh, oh, come on, come on! That warranted better than the fuck. That warranted a rim shot. I love the fact. That, I love the fact that I'm actually in control of the rim shot and the sad trombone. People that know me know that I'm a control freak about this stuff. <laughs> no one else touch it. No one else touch it. <laughs> You're like in bed all sudden. It's like, what's Chris doing in there with that girl? <laughs> oh, it's not going well. <laughs> oh, it's on the oh, there we go. <laughs> there he goes. He's found a second wind. <laughs> um, oh, cool, man. So where, where are we at on this? We're coming close to an hour and a half. No, are we really? Wow, that really? breeze by. All right, we yeah. should probably wrap this up. Um, uh, Chris Cottom, uh, you've got your website... Uh, We'll, we'll post links to your short film to uh, where, what else would you want to plug do you have a Twitter account do you have anything going no on? I'm not, I kind of not I should get into Twitter but um, I just do don't really care what anyone do else is doing Facebook? do you have anything posted on Facebook or no I mean I think uh, this is going to be the year that I think if I get a really cool website up and running this, that's got everything on and not you know my thoughts about X, Y and Z because I don't people want to hear those i think it's more the fact of it it would be good for me to get a centralized website of my work. oh without a doubt you, you, you know need what i mean one. you absolutely need one yeah. and what, what we'll do is we'll just uh, i'll get a bunch of links from you to some you know specific projects and we'll put those up and then uh um and then we'll uh you know promote as you get your website we'll yeah it's really cool and, of you yeah, thank no, you no, yeah. yeah it's you know you know we you know for the four people that are listening yeah it's the most you can do <laughs> it's, no actually it's it's actually the least we do, if i could do less i would <laughs> um no oh, come on that was, uh, come on why do i always get the sand trombone um all right. Well, hey, Chris, I really appreciate it. It was so great catching up with you, and uh, and we're going to see you. Uh, for, we'll probably come out to the set list shows, and then uh, obviously when you're back in town, we'll maybe get together, and hopefully you and I will be making television history at some point. Yeah, nice. Cinema Tin, baby, yeah, Cinema Tin. That's right, Cinema Tin. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to keep saying. Well, it's like one down from Cinema Gold. Oh, Cinema Gold. Oh, I got, oh, I got, it. Oh, I got it now. Oh. No, no, no! That was a <laughs> that was, no, that was a sad <laughs> that was mine. I Shut up, up. Cinema no, Ten the entire no. podcast, <laughs> not knowing what it was, thinking, "Oh, it must be some English fucking phrase or something." No, you're making that's a joke that, that, that just that, lays that, there. That's the sad trombone noise. <laughs> no.
What the fuck? <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot. And, uh, and everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks.